to dismiss all of the children to youth church at this time. So those of you four years old through fourth grade, we're starting youth church or kids church right now, so you can make your way out there. Meanwhile, for the rest of us, we are continuing in a series that we started back at the beginning of July entitled Making Change, Making Change. And so maybe you remember we started the series Making Change. We were uh, we met down in the gym uh, for a few weeks and had church down there, and then we made our way uh, back up here. And guess what? Uh, I don't know if you realize it, but we have been making changes here at church. And I got some pictures I want to show you, just kind of go down memory lane a little bit with you. And so here's a picture. Some of you guys can remember when the lobby, uh, the lower lobby kind of looked a little bit like that back in February. You got another picture here. And uh, some of you remember last June, uh, the hallway kind of looked like that one there. And then as July of uh, last year, uh, we started that off. And then we, in August, we changed out the carpet there. And then uh, some of you guys remember that at the beginning of July, uh, this is what this looked like up here, right? And so we have been making changes, making changes. And uh, we made so much change. Uh, do you remember the dumpster that was right outside these doors out here? Big 20-yard dumpster. And, and we got a fine because we overfilled uh, our dumpster. No, we were hauling junk from the lower uh, storage room out of there and hold the whole couch out of here and some other tables, uh, kind of contraption-y things that were in another classroom out of here. And they, they were even broken and they'd just been hanging out here for a while. And so uh, we've been hauling junk out of here and we did some painting in here and, and, and redoing this and redoing that and making changes and making changes and making changes. And then uh, we were meeting down in the gym for a while and making changes. And then and then when we came back after we were getting done with the gym, uh, you all came to church here and you felt like you were inside of a fishbowl, right? Because we had vacation Bible school and it was all decorated and uh, you don't know that, but it was really a subliminal message that you should be baptized, right? And so that was really what that was all about is that uh, we want to be able to have the experience of being under the water and being raised to new life. And so we made changes there. don't know if you realize this, but uh, with the changes that we've been making uh, in the building here and on the stage and all the decorating that was done, we had over 55 people. You guys were, were here and helping with that and being involved with that and making the changes and making the changes and making the changes. And here's what I want you to know. This building is a tool. This building is a ministry tool. And we use this building to do ministry. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to use the parking lot for uh, to do ministry out there, right? We're going to have the cruise in. And so uh, the building is uh, is where we have vacation Bible school. It's where we have church. where we have Sunday school. It's where we have kids club. All of these things. Uh, uh, this is a tool. And so we're refining it and sharpening it and trying to make it. But here's what here's what I need you to understand right now. All of this change. And all of the getting rid of the garbage and, uh, and bringing new things and reworking, all of that is an illustration. Why do we do all of that? Well, it is an illustration of exactly what God wants to do to your heart. Amen? That's what God wants to do to and through and in and for your heart. Now, what is the most important thing that a Christian 
can do. What is the most important thing? And we want to make sure that through all of these things, these changes that we are making, we're keeping the main thing, the main thing. And so what is the main thing? What is the most important thing that we as a church and and you as a Christian can be doing? What is that most important thing? Uh, Well, uh, Jesus was asked, hey Jesus, what is the most important thing? What is the main thing? What what is that thing that we should be uh, focusing on? And so it's good that we make some changes here, but what am I supposed to be uh, transforming and changing my heart into? What is that supposed to look like? Jesus was asked that. We read about it in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 38 and 39. Teacher, someone asked. He says, teacher, uh, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What is the greatest commandment in the law? It should be right there on the screen. Teacher, uh, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And so what are we supposed to do? We are to be a people that love one another. And uh, Nathan, is that verse, is that passage up there? Is that not? Okay, well, well there we go. It's mistake, mistake number one. All right. Here we go. Uh, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we are to be ever working on changing our hearts to better love God and love people. That's what we're called to do. To love God and love people. That's what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That we would love God and that we would love people. So, I'm going to ask you four love questions this morning. I'm going to ask you four love questions. you got your bulletin there. and fill these things out. We're going to make our way through this. Here's number one. Number one. Do I demonstrate Christian love? I'm supposed to be uh, transforming my heart into being a follower of Christ. I'm supposed to be more loving. And so do I demonstrate Christian love? That's the main thing. Do I demonstrate Christian uh, love? And so is there any stuff, is there any junk that you need to pick up and haul out to the dumpster and get rid of that? Is there any reworking and remodeling in your heart that you need to do? Do you demonstrate Christian love? Well, what's that mean? Jesus tells us, book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus put it this way. He says, you are the salt of the earth. What is salt? What is salt? Well, salt... Salt is a preservative, right? It's a preservative. You pack things in salt when you want to preserve them. But it's also a seasoning. It's spice, right? And so you grab a hold of something and you eat it and you say, huh, needs a little something to bring it to life, right? And so you grab that salt saker and you kind of do a little bit of that, right? And so you're adding a little bit of spice to it. And so Jesus says, hey, are you a follower of Christ? Are you a Christian? Really, he's saying, do you add any spice where you go? The most important thing, the reason that we live here on this earth is to prepare ourselves to live eternally with God in heaven. So that begs a question. Are we sharing that message of preservation with others? Your souls are eternal. They're going to go on and on and on and on. And so we need to make sure that we are being a people of salt and preservation. Question. When we associate with people that don't know Jesus, we call them lost people. They need to be found. Uh, 
Do they have any idea that we are different from them? Should you be different from them if you have Jesus in your life? Do we watch the same movies, listen to the same music, use the same language, tell the same jokes, consume the same amount of alcohol? Do people know that you have Christ in you? Do you demonstrate, do you demonstrate Christian love? Do we present Christ well? Do they see anything in you that they would want or desire? Do they experience love when they experience you? Uh, we need to transform and rework and, 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 and make our hearts into the image of Jesus. And that doesn't take a place unless we uh, identify some junk that needs to come out. And some things that need to be rearranged. And if the greatest thing, the main thing, is that we love God and love others, we need to be transforming and making changes in our heart that other people would see that and experience that. Listen to this. Jesus, he kind of drills down on this thing pretty intensely and pretty hard. And he makes it very pointed in the book of Luke. Chapter 14, verse 34 and 35. It says, Salt is good. I don't know how you eat your corn on the cob, but uh, if you don't kind of lather that thing up in butter so it's just kind of dripping off of that, and then you take that salt shake and salt on there, and you just, ah, and then by the time you're done, you just need a shower, right? Because it's all running down all over the place, and you know, and so I don't know how you eat your corn on the cob. If you don't eat that way, you're eating it wrong. But, and so, salt, salt, and so he says, salt is good. I wonder if Jesus ever had corn on the cob. Probably not, probably not. And so salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, can you imagine, I suppose a saltless salt shaker would probably be sprinkling out sand, right? It's kind of a granule with no taste. That's just nasty, right? You don't even like, and put a little bit of corn on a cob and chomp in it. That's gross, right? Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness and And Jesus says that we are to be the salt. We are to be salt. But if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made good? Right? How can it be made good again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. Picture a big pile of manure Picture a big pile of manure. Picture, you know, you ever had your septic tank, uh, you know, pumped out, and then, you know, there's a lid on top of that thing, and so you just kind of open the door, and you just climb down into that thing, and you just kind of take a little bath in there, just swimming around, you know, try to keep your nose above the water and be all over. That's just nasty, sick, gross, right? That's gross. Francis Chan says, a Christian that is not being salt according to Jesus is ruining a manure pile. Right? How do you make a manure pile worse? You live your life without salt. You claim to be salt but you're not living with salt. Isn't that what it says? Salt is good but if it loses its saltiness how can it be made salty? 
again. It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. And so are there changes that we need to make and when people look at us, they see the love of Christ? Do we have salt in us that they would say, you're different than the other people I encounter? You have a certain spice, a certain flavor, a certain preservation to you. And so four love questions. Do I demonstrate Christian love? Number two, question number two, write this one down. It says, uh, do I demonstrate a spirit of love? Do I demonstrate a spirit of love? And so how do we know uh, what, is this, what is the fruit of the spirit, right? What is the fruit of the spirit? Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, right? It tells us uh, that the that, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. And you guys, many of you guys, you have that list memorized. But joy, we're going to stop right there. Do you have joy in you? Because that's what it would be to have the Spirit of God within you. And uh, if you have His Spirit and His love within you, then we should be a people that are full of joy. Has Christ done anything for you that you are happy about? Has Christ done anything for you that you are happy about? And so uh, people who are, uh, think about this list, people who are gloomy and insecure and insensitive, they have no sense of humor, uh, they, those people have no influence on our society, but aren't there a lot of people like that? If you go on social media and you kind of scroll through and, you know, all you need to do is post one thing that could be uh, slightly interpreted as political. Let's say uh, you just kind of posted, I prefer blue over red or I prefer red over blue. If you just, you know, put two colors out there and then guess what? Uh, you're going to hear from people, right? You're going to hear from people. How could you possibly even begin to, you know, right? And, and so those people, do you feel like they have any kind of joy in their life? Do you have joy? Are you the one that's responding to those things? Do they see joy? Because if we have the heart of Christ, if we're keeping the main thing, the main thing, and we're rearranging and reworking, then I'm supposed to be loving, loving God. And loving others. And a reflection of that is that there would be joy in my life. People are often mean on social media. Jesus said this in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. I have come that you may have life. And when you encounter me, you're going to be the most miserable person that's ever walked on the planet Earth. And Aren't you glad he said that? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. To have a full life. Just being a person of love, a person of love and having joy in your life. The Bible says rejoice always. Listen, do your friends know that you like church? Do you like church? Do your friends know that you like church? Do they hear you say good things about Christ? Has your heart been rearranged in such a way that you know God is good and he's done great things for me and I have joy in my life and I want to share it with you? That's what it is to be a follower of Christ. Question number one, do I demonstrate Christian love? Question number two, uh, do I demonstrate a spirit of love, which would be joy? Question number three, do I love all people? 
Remember the story in the book of Luke, chapter 19? Uh, Jesus walking down the street, crowds of people following him around because he'd heal people and love people. And he looks up and he sees a guy in a tree. What was his name? His name was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was a man of dynamic stature. Because they say that, uh, remember the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And see, I can relate to that. And that's why I say that Zacchaeus was a man of dynamic stature, right? He wasn't a big guy. No, he was, he was a guy everywhere he went. He had more headroom than everybody. When he would uh, climb into his chariot, he had more headroom than, you know, the big guy who was next to him. And, you know, uh, he, he would, he would order, uh, you know, a big gulp and it would be more than enough for him. But for the big guy, it was like, well, this is barely filling me up, right? And so everywhere Zacchaeus went, he had an abundance more. And so he was a man of dynamic stature. And so Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was this guy, and, and we know that he was a sinful guy, right? He was a tax collector. And what did, what did Jesus say when he saw Zacchaeus? He said, I'm going to your house today. And the, he goes to Zacchaeus' house for lunch. And there were all these other people there that were sinful people there. And it's just kind of like our church this morning is full of sinners, right? Amen? That's, a, that's who we are. Tell me you're not, right? And so, and so he was there, and then Jesus was accused and said, oh, look, at he hangs out with sinners. Yeah, I'm so glad that he does because that means he hangs out with me, right? And so um, he says he's going to hang out with him. And he hung out with people that some people might not associate with or be around. Because they were sinful. And Jesus loved everybody. He loved all people. And he wanted to spend time with them. And he talked with the blind beggars. And he touched the lepers. And Jesus was accused of spending time with sinful people. But Jesus was the one that started the conversation with the woman at the well. Who is, um, you know, the historians tell us or theologians tell us. And most likely she was a prostitute out there. And he's the one that walks up and, and engages her in a conversation. And he wants to heal her and make her well. And she Share his heart with her so that she might know God and loves everybody all the time, loves them. Here's, here's good news. I have, I have information for you this morning that's going to make your day. You can't save anybody. You can't. You can't save anybody. You're not in the salvation business. You are in the sharing the pathway to salvation business. You get to tell people about Jesus. You can't save anybody. You can't save them. You can't do it. So, if you know somebody that's living a lifestyle that you know Jesus would like them to change their lifestyle, you can't save them. You can't save them. But you know what you get to do? Love them. Be kind to them. Share joy with them. Be a friend to them. Be a listening ear to them. Look for opportunities to share Christ with them. Uh, share biblical world view with them. Have conversations with them. You can't save them, so you got to share with them. In order to share with them, you got to be a friend to them. And so you don't have to hate anybody. You get to love everybody, and you get to be kind to everybody. You're not in the saving business. God is. God saves. We don't. We share. We share the love and the forgiveness that Jesus extends to us. Listen, Jesus approached them all. They knew he cared. Write this one down. Number four, last question. Do I share Christ? Do I share Christ? Do I love intentionally? Do I share Christ and love? Do I share that intentionally? Because that's who I am supposed to be. Statistically, did you know this? If you have been a Christian, a Christ follower, been going to church for 
Six years. Uh, if you've been going to church for six years, uh, you probably don't hang out with anyone that doesn't go to church. Statistically, everyone you know and associate with and hang out with, they go to church. Because six years, and so once you were lost, but now you're found, and then all of a sudden you start, you start spending more time in the church, and you go into Bible studies and Sunday school and things like that, and all of a sudden those people uh, that are far away from God, you get further and further and further removed from them. So we as Christians who like each other, it's okay that we like each other, but we are to be intentional about sharing the gospel with people that don't know Jesus, then how do we better interact or get to know people that don't know Jesus? Well, we have to get ourselves involved with the community. That's why I drive a school bus. Right? That's why I drive a school bus. Uh, because I come to, and my office is here, and I talk to you guys during the week, and I don't know a lot of people that don't go to church, right? Because my work is church. And so I drive a school bus so that I can get to meet people outside of there. And one thing that's been just kind of fun for me is that there have been many kids that have come to Kids Club on Wednesday, and I have met their parents and had conversations with their parents and I've talked to their parents before they ever came to Kids Club. And the only way that they knew me, I'm their bus driver. I'm their, I'm their kid's bus driver. I'm their bus driver. And so that's why I do that. I try to put myself in a place where I can be in the community. What about you? We're hiring bus drivers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to text Lori later and tell her I want to cut if anybody comes in. But uh, that wasn't in my notes here. But think about this. Uh, could you have a block party? Could you have a block party to get your neighbors together? Uh, could you begin to coach uh, maybe soccer or t-ball or football or something like that? And you get to know people in the community a little bit better. Um, can you uh, uh, have a pampered chef party? Uh, do they still make Tupperware? I honestly don't know. Is Tupperware still a thing? It is. And so could you have a Tupperware party? We could make that cool again, right? And so, and, uh, but could you, could you do something like that? You don't have to sell it, but maybe you know somebody and, and you just bring your neighbors in there. And then while you're there, then while they're, when you're, when you're hanging out with those people that you know they don't go to church, you know, but you're hanging out with them, then do this, write this down, number one. Talk about church. A way to introduce Jesus into the conversation. You can talk about kids club. My kids go to kids club and, you know, they love it. And they went to vacation Bible school and they had so much fun there, right? Um, we're going to, uh, there's going to be a sign. We're putting our, uh, our kids club sign down there. We're putting our cruise gun sign down at Tugfest. And, uh, and so maybe you're walking around down there. You can introduce that into a conversation that's going to be down there. Let's see. Um, what about this? Uh, where is it? I, got, I got a list of these things on my notes here if I can get where, where I'm at. Oh, I'm down here. Okay, talk, uh, vacation. We talk about vacation Bible school with your with your neighbors. Uh, the cruising's coming up. Um, sermon topics. I tr- We cover, I, I try to cover every subject, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and guns. We talk about all of that so at some point uh, from the pulpit up here. And so any topic that you think of, you, you can say something like, you know, I think, I think I heard my preacher say something about that at church sometime. And maybe that's something that you might look up or whatever. And so you can begin to talk about church with people when you find ways to get involved with them. Write this one down. Number two, ask a tactful question. You want to know how to engage somebody with a, in a conversation about church or about Jesus? Ask a tactful question. Here's a, here's a good one. Isn't it sad to see another celebrity divorce? Right? You know, Johnny, what's his name, and the other chick there, they, it was on the front page every day, it was in the news all that time, right? And they were a big divorce, right? And, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian and somebody else, they're getting, did you hear that one? Did you hear it? Now raise your hand if you heard it. 
Okay, some of you guys know Kim card. They're getting a divorce, right? And so couldn't you just say, isn't it sad? I mean, these people have all the money. They should be the happiest people, right? Because we all know if we just had a little more money, we'd be happier, right? And so they should be the happiest people, right? But isn't it, isn't it sad to see? And then, you, and then you can just kind of loop this and ride around like this. Isn't it sad to see all these celebrities? You'd think they got it all. Why can't they keep their marriage together, right? You'd say, you know, marriage is important. And we need to tend to our marriages. Don't you think we need to tend to our marriages? Sometimes at church, they, they talk about uh, keeping your marriage together at church. You can kind of loop that in there. See how you do that? See how you do that? And so you ask a tactful question. Maybe ask this question. Why do you think those young, rich kids in Hollywood get so caught up in drugs? They do. It's horrible to see those the young ones dying, right? And why do you think that is? And I wonder if, wonder if their parents ever had a conversation with their kids about drugs. Parenting, parenting is so important. I'm so glad. You know, at church sometimes we, we talk about parenting and we talk to other people about what it is to, to be good parents. And maybe you ask a tactful question like that. Uh, do you think the economy will, re- will recover anytime soon? You know, it's getting a little bit harder. Gas prices and groceries are going up. And, you know, managing money well is important. I'm so glad the Bible talks about money management and how to do that. And, and Steve will talk about money management sometimes at church. And we talk about those things. And uh, maybe uh, here after the first of the year, we'll do Financial Peace University. Some of you guys have heard uh, things like that. And so you can ask a tactful question to introduce people into the conversation, right? Number three, write this down. Share your testimony. Share your story, your personal story of who Christ is in your life. Some of you guys have a very defining moment in your life when you lived a certain way and you know Christ entered into your life and there was a time and there's a date on the calendar and you know when it is and your life changed and you started to live for Christ. Making change, making change, making change, making change. Rearranging, overhauling, getting rid of some of the garbage, Reworking it. That's what Jesus wants to do in your heart. He wants to change it for him, for his kingdom's sake. We're going to make a change right now in the sermon. We're going to head into a time of communion. We're going to head into a time of communion. Earlier I asked this question. Has Jesus done anything for you that might give you joy? And the answer is, he has. Don't know if you've accepted it or not, but he has. Jesus, Jesus was living a more lavish lifestyle than Kim Kardashian in heaven, right? He had it all. He had everything. And he chose to leave heaven to come to planet earth and walk around in sandals with dirty feet, knowing that people were going to mock him knowing that people were going to despise him and they were going to punch him in the face and pluck out his beard and beat him with rods and whip him, that they were going to drive nails through his hands and his feet. He did that knowing. He came knowing because he loves us and that he knows that we are eternal and he wants us to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. He did that for us. We can't take that lightly. And he tells us, church family, hey, 
When you come together, remember that. Focus on that. Think about that. That's why we've got those little, those little peel the top off deal, the piece of bread in there. It's not just a little wafer under the little peel off the top. It's not to be taken lightly. We're to be thinking the body of Christ was broken for me. Flip that thing over and you peel off the top. And it's a, it's a symbol. It's an illustration. Just like making changes in this church is an illustration of what Jesus wants to do in my heart. Uh, that you peel the top off of that and that juice is symbolic. It represented Jesus Christ shed his blood for me. And we don't take that lightly. He died so that my sins can be removed because he cares about me and he loves me. And we're supposed to focus on that and pray, Dear God, help me be more like Jesus. Help me to love more like Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for me. So we're now going to enter into a time of communion. I'm going to pray. And then maybe some of you have already picked up your communion wear. Some of you, there's little baskets that are sitting right outside. You can make your way out there and pick them up. There'll be music playing. And in your way, at your convenience, participate in communion. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for what you have done for us on the cross. Help us to embrace the forgiveness that you give to us. Bring us to you right now as we remember what you have done. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.